the name of the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. <laughs> this church is bearing, as Brother Nick has so beautifully put, that we bear one another's burdens. And I know we had a prayer alert that went out several weeks ago for a Sherry Pollock that Brother Jim Collins referred and uh, she had a uh, mass and uh, she went to the oncologist and the oncologist said it is actually not malignant and uh, so we're going to just uh, do what we can to make you go away. So that's a praise report that the Lord came through and and I know it, it can be overwhelming and we have a great history and legacy and a growing apostolic legacy and what a, a great history that we have in this church of over a hundred years and we're glad you're here, thankful for all of our young folks and uh, <clears throat> thankful for all of our graduates last week and I saw Shauna here today, she had to be missed last Sunday but we're glad she's here, we're glad all of you are here and uh, uh, I want to uh, uh, preach a sermon and I know it may come as a little bit of a shock, but it's how to be somebody. How to be somebody, you know. And I know a lot of times people can feel like a faceless person in a crowd and they can feel like a nobody and they can feel like just anybody and especially, you know, when you say, well, for God so loved the world, and uh, yet I, I want to know how to be somebody. I want to know how to be somebody. And I'm going to show you in the Bible how to be somebody. Uh, just show you in the Bible how to be somebody. And I know most of you probably, <clears throat> maybe just some of our younger folks that are fixing to graduate or in school may struggle with this and most of you probably don't wake up every morning thinking about I want to be somebody but you know um, Brother Rogers actually told me about a sermon that he heard that was preached several years ago at General Conference and, uh, and uh, uh, the title of the message was do you want to be a celebrity or a hero? And uh, it was talking about, you know, sort of having the celebrity status or do you want to be a hero? And, of course, the, the gist of the sermon, great sermon, great word, uh, was that to be a hero means uh, preparing the way for the Lord, inviting someone to church. And John the Baptist was, of course, a hero, but that the Lord never really uh, told uh, John or his followers of how powerful John was. He, uh, but he said when John was struggling uh, with being offended and uh, struggling with who he was, uh, you know, he knew he was supposed to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He knew that the Lord, uh, he had seen the Lord. He knew that basically the Lord uh, had heard the voice and all of that. And yet John struggled with uh, anonymity. He, he was not uh, he was basically left to die. And so this uh, sermon Brother Johnson was preaching was about, at General Conference, was about being a hero. It's been several years. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube. But the question 
with that uh, he was making with John the Baptist is not what I'm going to preach about. I didn't hear that sermon. I'm going to try to re-preach it. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, it, but was about, you know, the fact that everybody wants to be somebody. And so everybody wants to be somebody. And I know the question then is, who am I? And this song that Brother Heath was singing and the uh, chorale was singing so beautifully just a moment ago said, he knows my name and making me feel like uh, who I am or who am I? That's a, a major question. Who am I? Am I uh, rich? Am I poor? Uh, who am I? And a lot of times, unfortunately, individuals get defined by who they are, by some deed, some action. You know, I'm a preacher. I am a, a bank robber. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a, a wife abuser. I am a, I am a, and you can fill in the blank. And that becomes the definition. And there are places in the Bible where, you know, Jacob was called a heel grabber or a trickster. And so he sort of self-fulfilling prophecy and he defined himself as that. And I know there's, there's, there's truth to that very sense of, you know, if you, and they tell you if your parents, you know, were critical and come here, meet my stupid kid. Well, look at this stupid head. Well, I can't believe he's so ignorant that that child will grow up feeling like, you know, I must be stupid. I can't please dad. Or maybe, you know, unfortunately in this hour, people are defined by skin color or by religious preference or I'm a Muslim or I'm a Jew or I'm, a, I'm black or I'm white or I'm Hispanic or I, who am I? And it becomes one of those important questions. Whose am I? Who do I belong to? And that becomes important. You know, what club? Who are my friends? And people will ask, well, who are your friends? Well, who do you know? Well, who do you get along with? Well, who, do, who comes to see you? Well, where do you work? You know, and that becomes an important equation in that answering about I want to be somebody. It's, uh, well, whose am I? And so then I want to, I'm, you know, I'm Janice's husband. I'm Caitlin and, and Sheena's dad. I'm uh, Donald and Joanne's son. And I, whose am I? Who do I belong to? Who am I? Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm, I, you know, this is where I am. This is who I am. And I know, you know, we have, it, it, you know, we have a lot of our folks that are, are have, have, you know, been gone and missed and all of that. And Brother Nick announced many, and I also saw Sister Vicki Galoni's been here. So first time in a couple months. Hallelujah. She had knee surgery. <clears throat> Good to have her back home in the family. And so what church am I a part of? And I'm I, I want to make sure I, I'm a part of, of, you know, this group or that group. I'm a member of the Kiwanis or the Lions Club or the whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's who I am. That's how I define myself. Or maybe the definition is what power or authority do I have? 
I don't know, we have, uh, we have uh, you know, people that have uh, been in the army and they've been uh, in the police force. Brother Bob uh, Post was uh, retired after being chief of police and uh, Brother <coughs> Rich Vance uh, been a fireman and a fire chief and a fire uh, marshal, if you will, and so authority and having authority, and I have power, and that's who I am. I'm the president. I'm the vice president. I'm the senator. I am the governor. I am the mayor. I am the chief. A lot of times that's who I am. That's how I define who I am. I am a this, and I define it by a job. Well, I'm the preacher. Well, I'm the pastor, and uh, you know, I understand um, a lot of times what people think about that job is not always what it is. But uh, when I was kicking around the title for this about how to be somebody, I remembered the old song that Dean Martin used to sing. Anybody remember it? Everybody loves somebody sometime. Remember Y'all are laughing because y'all will listen to that kind of music too. <laughs> See, I thought everybody in here was, was real spiritual. And the Lord has given me a little bit of insight that not everybody in this church is spiritual all the time. Anyway, got it. All right. But everybody, you know, so maybe it's defining who I am by who I love and who I'm married to and uh, what my children are and what my power and authority is and what, who I belong to and who I am. And so that question is constantly being bombarded in our minds. And so imagine, if you will, and this uh, point that was uh, made that, you know, do I want to be a celebrity? Do I want to be a hero? Do I want to be a scientist? Do I want to discover the cure to, you know, cancer? Would I like to be the head of the uh, national uh, health uh, organization like Dr. Fauci? That would be, that would be a thrilling, maybe not, maybe not. Uh, maybe I just wouldn't want to be that, I don't know. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, what, what is it that I want out of my life? What is it that, you know, I, maybe, you know, it, it doesn't matter what those, sometimes those positions, you know, you never do right. You are always attacked, whether you're attacked from the left or you're attacked from the right or for attacked from whatever. It's that, who am I? And is it going to be my job? Is it going to be who I'm related to? Or is it going to be something about me? And yet, here we go with uh, Jesus now was, of course, God manifest in the flesh, and he is walking, and he, you know, stays one time and preaches in the, talks in the temple, and, and his mother goes two or three days off and comes back and says, you know, what, where have you been? And she's frustrated with him, and he said, didn't you know I have to be about my father's business? In other words, you don't know who I am. You think I'm your son, but I am actually much bigger than your son. He knew who he was. He recognized it at age 12, yet he went back 
And the Bible is very clear. He remained obedient and he followed and he did all of those things to, you know, <clears throat> just worked in the carpenter shop with his dad or, you know, whatever it was that he did on a daily basis. And then about age 30, he goes to be baptized in the, <clears throat> everybody knows the story and I'm, I, I, I want to try to hurry through it, but it's an important story because he goes to be baptized and John sees him and when he says, can I be baptized? Remember what John the Baptist said? I'm not worthy to untie your shoes, much less baptize you. You are amazing. You are awesome. You are the one that's going to follow me, that's going to baptize folks with the Holy Ghost and fire. You're the guy. And so Jesus calmly looks at him and says, I must needs be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And we know what he was doing is going through the water to leave his righteousness so that when we go into the water of baptism, we who leave who we are and we pick up the righteousness of Jesus Christ because we've been buried in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And yet we understand baptism now 2,000 years later in that importance, but Jesus goes into the water and when he baptizes Jesus, what happens, remember? The Spirit takes on a theophany or a form, an angelic, a, a physical form like a dove. Imagine you're there, boom, and all of a sudden flutter, 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 flutter. And we have a dove on the church here behind this screen. I don't remember if y'all remember that. Some of y'all remember seeing the dove. It's right there behind the screen. Sometime I'll raise it and show you. Because it's symbolic of this moment that was a testimony. <sighs> Hovers over him like a dove. And then what happens from heaven? The voice. This is my beloved son. And it uses this next phrase, in whom I am well pleased. What had he done? He had not performed any miracles. He had not walked on water. He had not done any God things that we know of. He opened no blinded eyes yet, unstopped no deaf ears. But a total affirmation of I am pleased with you. Wow. Imagine. Some of you may say, Pastor, I never heard my mom or dad say I'm proud of you. and I'm pleased with who you are and what you've done. But the Lord modeled better than that. He modeled totally being pleased with Jesus and he had done nothing but there's this voice. And how affirming, how strengthening. And immediately, Jesus gets out of the water. 
man says, I am the Son of God. Now I shall perform miracles. Now I'm going to be all that I can be. I am somebody now. Oh, you remember what happened next? Matthew says it like this. Jesus was led of the Spirit. As soon as he came out of the water, he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Just when you feel affirmed and you've been baptized and you've made this wonderful, the Holy Ghost descending, doesn't mean that you'll never struggle with who I am, Amen. whose I am, Amen. and what power and authority do you have. Amen. As a matter of fact, we remember the temptations and what was the question that Satan kept asking Jesus? If you are who you say you are. Now he had not said who he was. But Satan had heard the voice say who he was. And so Satan said, if you really are who you are. If you really are whose you are. If you really have power over angels. If you belong to that heavenly chorus, then jump off of here. Let's see whose you really are. I don't really think you belong to that powerful host. And then the coup de grace, if you will, was if you have all that power and authority, why don't you look at what I have? I have all the kingdoms of the world, and if you would like to have what I have, I can give you something that you don't have. What he didn't realize is he's talking to the guy that made the world. He's talking to the guy that set the earth into existence. But he's trying to tempt him with, look at what I can give you if you'll fall down and... And you remember how each time the Lord responded to those temptations. It is written. It is written again. It is written. I'm, I'm fixing to talk to you about how to be somebody. You're going to have to know the word of the Lord because there's going to come a time you're going to have to use it. Because you're going to get attacked about who I am, whose I am, and what power and authority I had. And Mark says, Mark says the, the story like this, And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit drives him into the wilderness. That sounds like, oh man, if I could just have the Lord say, I'm the beloved of God. 
Do you want to go through an immediate test on that? Oh, when, when you say, I just can't feel, I don't know if I feel like God knows me. I don't know if I feel like God knows where I am. I... Let God tell you who you are and where you are and then see what you go through. He was driven and he and, and notice the, the marker count and I've read this before but I've never seen this. Notice what it says. He was driven into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan and was with the wild beast. My Lord, I didn't even realize, I don't know, I've ever read that before and I've never seen that. That the Lord went into the wilderness and I'm guessing he was, you could hear the growl of wild beast. You talk about trying to attack and fear. I, I, you know, some of y'all are going camping and I, that's fine. Around Ohio is, you know, deer and a few raccoons, skunk or two. <laughs> but imagine wolves and bears. And, you know, you could get a great tent. Bears like burritos. says that the angels ministered unto him. They didn't minister all 40 days. The Bible's very clear in Matthew that after he finished the temptation, then the angels came and ministered to him. So he was all alone there. The guy, that's what it says. He was sent alone into the wilderness. The guy that's just been told he's my beloved son. Now immediately, you know, the devil attacked who he was whose he was, what power and authority he had, and yet we understand that the, that the devil immediately had recognized the voice of God in the garden. He understood who, he, who Jesus was. It wasn't like the devil was really, well, I'm not real sure. You know, is this really the son of God? The devil knew who he was. The devil had already tried to have Herod kill him. The devil had already sent folks into Bethlehem to kill everybody that was born under a certain age. The devil knew who Jesus was. I want to tell you something. Just because the devil knows whose God you serve and who you are and what your relationship with God is, don't think that will stop him from trying to attack you anyway. Amen. And so here he was He's in the, you know, he still attacks the Lord, tries to, to tempt him, if you will. And we know that the Lord started his ministry and went there. Now everybody can say, well, that's great. 
pastor, and that's cool because that's Jesus, and he knew who he was. He knew he was at 12, but I don't have that luxury. I I'm truly a nobody. I am not anybody. I, yes, I'm not God manifest in the flesh. And that's a wonderful little story. And you told a great story this morning. And you preached a great little sermon. But let me just tell you, you don't know what it's like to be nobody. Well, let's look in the Bible at another nobody and a real nobody. Luke the 8th chapter. A woman. Sorry, it's past Mother's Day, but ladies, a woman did not have high regard during the Bible times. They could be bought and sold, and I'm sorry. All of you that believe that, you know, <clears throat> Jesus honored women and all of that, and he did, but the culture at that time was you're a woman. A lot of the men prayed every morning, thank God you didn't make me a Gentile or a woman. That was the prayer, you know, because women basically were the outcast of society. A woman having an issue of blood for 12 years. Remember the story? And now having an issue of blood if you go back into Leviticus, you find that that meant that she was unclean. When a woman had an issue of blood, she was unclean. She was like a leper. So here was a woman that was not only a woman, but she had an issue of blood. She had a physical condition that kept her unclean. Remember the story? Let's read it had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. She was now an impoverished woman. Whatever she had, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if her husband had left her money. I don't know if she had been married. I don't know. But she had spent all, the Bible says, that she had. So now she is a poor, sick, woman. Three strikes, you're out. The Bible says that she came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. You remember the story? And what did Jesus say? Who touched me? Now we know the setting of the story was Jairus, a, a, a somebody, a religious leader, had gone to Jesus and said, my daughter is sick, I need you to come and heal her. And so Jesus had left, and so people were going down the road to see this great miracle be performed. And a woman who was very sick, who was impoverished, very poor, came in behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. And I realized that when you look at that verse, you know, the ribbon of blue, et cetera, et cetera, and you can say, that's where it was. I, let me, I'll go to this slide and, and show you the Mark account. The Matthew account says, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall behold. Now, Go back to the Luke account. There you are. And so 
she immediately, when she touched the ribbon of blue, the hem of his garment, immediately she was healed. And she tried to slip back out of the crowd and Jesus sort of says, who touched me? And Simon Peter and the rest of the disciples are, look at all these people, Lord. What are you talking about? Who touched you? I don't know. We've all touched you. Remember? Y'all have all heard this story. This is not a new Bible story. All denied. And Peter said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee and sayest thou, who touched me? And Jesus used this word. Somebody. Somebody. Not just anybody. Not a nobody. But somebody. Touched me. For I perceive virtue is gone out of me. Somebody just got a virtue of all my, how do you want to be somebody? You got to get yourself like this woman into the presence of the Lord and let the virtue of Jesus flow from his very being into your being. And, and the woman, when the woman saw that Jesus said, somebody touched me, she immediately she was not hit. She immediately came trembling. She knew she should not have been there. She came. She was afraid. She came trembling and fell down at his feet and said, declared unto him. Notice that. Declared unto him before all the people the cause she had touched him. And how she was healed immediately. Can you, I, I, I don't know that you can appreciate because of our culture how amazing this was. A woman basically says to the crowd, I'm the somebody. I got the virtue. I felt it immediately in my body and I was healed. You don't understand. Now, She's not afraid anymore. She's afraid they're going to do something to her, but she immediately starts confessing with her mouth. I want you to know I used to have an issue of blood. I have spent everything that I have on physicians, but today I stood outside and I waited because somebody told me there was a man from Galilee and he was able to do something. I was too afraid to come and talk to the man I was too afraid to stop the man but I knew if I could just touch the hem of his garment something would happen in my life when she made that declaration of faith you know what the Lord said to her huh daughter daughter 
You're part of my family now, daughter. You're not a nobody. You're not just anybody. You felt the virtue of God. Now you're a child of the king. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Oh, you know, he said, be of good comfort. Your faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. And what are you saying, Pastor? I am saying, I know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, he that believeth, if you want to come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And I'm here to tell you that today, I don't, I don't know where you are, but if you really want to be somebody, you're going to have to put your faith to work. You're going to have to believe that he is and that he's passing up and down the aisle and that his spirit is here. And that if you want right now to say, I want to be somebody, I'm tired of being a nobody. I'm tired to being just anybody. I want to be somebody. I'm willing to confess, Lord, you are able. You are able. And I'll touch the heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. I, I, I don't know what to say. You say, well, I want to be part of the family of God. I, I, what are you saying? Diligently seek him. You got to start seek talking to yourself. If you're here today, you don't have the Holy Ghost, you got to start talking to yourself. Today's the day I can get the Holy Ghost. I've come for the Holy Ghost today. I know the Lord's able to fill me with the Holy Ghost today. If you're here and you need healing, today's the day that I can be healed today. I don't know about you, but I can be healed today. I know I've said within myself, if I just could get in the presence, I could be somebody if I could just get in the presence of God. And then you're going to have to probably move out from where you are. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be COVID inappropriate, but you're gonna have to press your way through, put a little skin in the game, huh? You don't get to be somebody without doing a little pressing yourself. Move out, press your way through, get yourself in the path. He's coming out of here. I know, I don't know why, but it just seems like I know the Lord's anywhere in the building, but he walks up and down right here in the front. I'm going to make my way to the front. And then you got to ignore what anybody else is saying or doing. You got to quit worrying about anybody else and you got to reach out and touch him and then get ready to confess with your mouth that who you are and where 